Wide in the VL with two subbies, stereotype with a huge intercooler. Doing it right might be like I'm confused. What's the attraction? But some dudes just love to lose traction. That cruise action, Saturday night, you can do it at the lights. Welcome to Rogue Bows. This is episode 11 of the Car Chat, all things cars. Welcome to the show. Justin, how's it going? Good, and yourself? Yeah, good, good, good. All going well. All going well. Um, keeping busy. Do you have a good Chrissy news? Yeah, laid low, laid low for the most part. Not a whole lot going on, but um, yeah, all good otherwise, man. All good otherwise, just hanging out with the family. Yeah. Um, good to see Australia somewhat starting to open. Some some borders uh, have gone down and kind of start to move like one country again, which is always yeah. nice. No, it's, um, yeah, no, I totally agree. So it's good um, over the Chris and New Year break, pa- actually passing around some beers and things without sanitising first. So <laughs> I'm sure you had your QR code checking at your house before yeah. friends came over, oh, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> reported all to the government. Yeah. So, so there you go. But uh, what's been going on in the car world? Uh, yeah, no, it's actually been good. I mean, yeah, some good days down here in Melbourne. So finally out and cruising and catching up with a few mates and it's actually just yeah actually good to see some nice cars on the road and getting around so um you know it's guess we've all been buying all these nice muscle cars and storing them away but um yeah it's uh, i think this uh bit of freedom has given it a bit of a taste where everyone's like hey I only live once let's start taking our cars out so and enjoying them yeah it's been pretty uh, the market seems pretty quiet right now which is always typical yeah, and this cr- christmas year. and new years everyone's on holidays and and probably spending too much money on the wife and kids and yeah. restaurants and hotels so they're probably not looking to buy yeah i've noticed a lot of listings uh are remaining up without moving. Not much is moving, but I mean, for people out there, 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 there are some questions around that later on that people are wondering what's going on. It is it is typically normal, um, at least in Australia, that you know, late November to probably early Feb is usually a dead period for selling cars, just because even people that are selling the cars might not be in town to show the car, you, exactly. you know, and vice yeah. versa. So for the people out there that are wondering what's going on, it's perfectly normal. We'll see. I will be interested to see once people are back to work and back to routine to see if the market get, gets back to, to what it was and where it's going to be. I mean, there's only so much money the government can keep throwing it at the coronavirus, which some mm-hmm. people we spoke about off air. And I, yeah. I know plenty of people. I've got friends of mine that have that have milked this for everything it's worth and, and made a shitload of money during yeah. during this from the government. They've got a lot of cash um, to dispose of. So it'll be interesting to see once the government finally turns the, the COVID well off um, where it all goes. Oh, exactly. And um- – and it is actually funny you say that because I've had some mates of our money money aside to buy a nice HSV and then the tenor and go, actually, everything's priced out, can't be bothered, I'll go buy a boat <laughs> and enjoy summer. So, it's, um, yeah, this time of the year, sun shines, mindset shift. That's what happens. Yeah, and then as soon as it gets cold and you're bored and you're yep. stuck inside on the internet, you start surfing cars like everyone does. Exactly. I think that's when you start to see things going on. But let's uh, quick, do a quick auction wrap of – one of the premier auctions of the last couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. So I thought I'd really start looking at actually what's what's up and coming because it has been quiet. Um, but uh, there are actually some nice cars coming up on the horizon. Um, one at Lloyd's that uh, caught my eye. So it's an auction coming up on the 29th. They got a 69 Boss 429 listed, an award-winning car with 33,000 miles on the clock, same colour as your one, actually. Candy so, Apple. Yep. So yep. 
really nice total looking car, and that's um, yeah, that's already at uh, two hundred and forty thousand. So it's um, interesting where that goes for. So that, that goes to live auction, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, so, so they bid it, they bid it up nicely pre live auction. That's the way to do it these days. And yeah, your starting bid isn't isn't going to be at zero. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it's, it's a quarter um, of a mil. It's a hard thing with these bosses because it's you can sometimes look at it and go, okay, geez, that looked like a nice example, um, especially over in the states. Some go for four hundred thousand. Some go for six hundred. Seen some go for nine hundred. You know, so it's um, it's always it is down to colours. Colours a massive thing with the Boss four two nine, and then it's um also as well from what people say is an award winning mint car. Um, I think state by state over in the states as well, because from what some deem as mint. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the Boss the Boss purist. I was involved a little bit over there in some forums and stuff. Um, they're anal. I mean, they're you know if if your award winning car can mean a million different things with the bosses. The way they judge the hundred point cars is it literally has to have the chalk markings. Yeah. So if you restored it to as close to original as possible, um, chalk markings from when it went down the line. So the X on the chassis, the X yeah. on the on the radiator, um, all your markings in the engine bay, you know, um, and that gets you that gets you up to a hundred or, or per, almost perfect car. But what's starting to happen with bosses is the, the original unrestored. Uh, are starting to pull more points now just yeah. because, you know, it's very, very hard to restore to, you know, put all those markings in the right place. There's probably only, you know, with the Boss 429s at least and Boss 302s, there's only a handful of people in the world that that, that were involved in the production of those cars. Yeah. Um, you know, for those that aren't familiar, it was similar to – it went to Carcraft, um, KK, that, 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 that a lot of them are labelled KK, Um and it's similar to like a HSV or or an FPV where it goes somewhere after market. It went down the line. They put the big Boss Four Twenty Nine yeah. in. So there's only a handful of people that are adept to knowing where the markings should be. that are purists for it, right? Yeah. A few of them are dead, um, very old in age. A few of them aren't involved. And then there's like a handful, literally, of purists that have kept the kept the thing going. So. Um, there's a lot of people that there's a lot of unknowns with those cars. Oh, exactly. And that's that, that's you know that's the interesting yeah, well, it, thing with them. It is so funny with it because even um, I even see it now that I'll see some restorations done on some VSHSVs and I'll see that you know the two one five or one eight five badge is in the wrong spot. Um, you know, like um, just kind of like we were talking before how the HSV I just want one sticker. Well, that wasn't around in the VS, but you see them on there and people think, hey, well, is that a factory thing? Is that how it came out? Because you start. A lot of the times when people do um, these restos, they'll use just Google. They'll look at images and everything around. Mm. They'll have a look through a lot of these car forums or um, Facebook pages and then that's where they get their information from. And it's so funny because especially being back for 1969, like you said, most are dead now. Yeah, um, it's hard. Resto cars can be done to a level where they think is spot on, but yeah. Yeah, some, yeah, some, 80 year old bloke, some 80 year old bloke yeah. shows up to your car show and he's like, wrong, 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 yeah, wrong. Exactly. That's when arguments start and fights yeah. start. But that's, that's. I mean, the the boss, Boss and Shelby are two of the, you know, the, and, and old school Corvettes. Um, I those, hope to be that HSV guy one day. <laughs> just go on, just start. My walking start frame, going to car shows and just start. That's not original, just- mate, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But now the bosses look great car. Um, <clears throat> for those who haven't been privileged enough to drive one, they are an interesting car, um, oh, and those that aren't familiar with them, the story goes that back in the day is part of the the race rules with NASCAR, um, kind of like kind of like we had with Bathurst. You had to produce a certain number for public yeah. consumption, right? And they had these four two nine motor that they were trying to race with. They didn't have many cars yeah. uh, in the US, 
So Ford were like, holy shit, what are we going to put it in? Oh, yeah. And they just go, oh, we'll just put it in a Mustang. <laughs> so they put the Mustang down the line, they put this motor in and then realise this motor is way too big for a Mustang, barely barely fit it yeah. in the engine bay, so much so that back then they had to move the battery into the boot mm-hmm. or the trunk, had to make a bit more. You cannot work on that motor from um, that, car, that, that engine. You, you cannot really work on it. You have to literally yank that shit out to, oh, to, to yeah. get to it. You can't get your right. hand. I've got big hands. I've got, I, I struggle anyway, but even a small mechanic with tiny hands mm-hmm. to get in, in and under around that, around the valves and whatever, and um, yeah, you're struggling. So that, that was a story. So they basically dropped a, a number of them in, in a Ford Mustang and sold them, yeah. and a lot of people killed themselves with those cars early on just because of the power-to-weight ratio. Oh, man, it is it was, one of the most edgiest drives. Yeah. It is so twitchy. Yeah. So twitchy. Yeah, and, and and it's just, you know, obviously very, very heavy at the front mm. from the motor and then yeah. the last the end weighs nothing. It's light. It's yeah. a coupe already. Um, so you could see a lot of people, uh, you know, back then were, were wrapping around trees, were really hurting themselves. A lot of them were drag raced. Yeah. Um, they're kind of like the GTHO of Australia. There's probably more 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 now than there was back then because <laughs> a lot of people have, 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 have realised they're, they're real valuable. But um, people that have, that have driven one, they are a fun car to drive, but they – you know, they can be very, very dangerous. They don't have, they've got a lot of power without the, the new age technology that we have yeah. today. So um, it'd be funny putting putting some of these young kids um, on their peas or something into one of those cars because uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> they'll exactly. learn to drive real quick because, yeah. you know, no power steering, no no, no ABS brakes, you yeah. know. Um, so it's, um, it is, yeah, it, it is one of those cars whereas you see people like Richard Rawlings, you know, from Gas Monkey, um, he buys them up massively. You know, so he had seven at one stage mm. and just trying to just find the best and he just thinks, well, I'll just try and control the market with it. So that's, yeah, going to be interesting. Yep. See what happens with them. I mean, it's well, and we'll see the same with the W427s and W1s and, um, yeah. I mean, I'd assume it, it'll go to probably, it should hit close to 400K, yeah. um, Aussie, um, yeah. because 240s, they're, they're pulling between two, 250 and you know, for a mint, mint, mint one three fifty USD at the moment. Yeah. Um, every now and then you get surprised at an auction that gets emotional, maybe pull, pulling four hundreds, but that's what they're pulling in the US. So two fifty, three hundreds a fair price USD. So AUD, you're probably looking at four hundred k for that car when it's all said and done. Um, but I, you know, it all depends the nitty gritties of of making sure. The other thing with these with these cars. Um, a lot of them are numbers matching, but a lot of them are replacement engines. Yeah. Because they'll thrash so badly back in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them got, um, you know, a factory replaced motor, which is still technically numbers matching, but it wasn't the original motor of the car. So then the problem, yeah, okay. the problem is restorers and, and bananas out there have then manipulated that. So what they've then, then done is, you know, you buy, you buy a non-original for fuck all, you source an engine. Yeah. You know, you forged some paperwork that says this was an injury yeah. replacement from back in the 1971. A grandma yeah. was driving it and the engine blew. This yeah. is a replacement. How do you know, right? Oh, exactly. And that's that's how they manipulate the market there yeah. and it can be very, very shady. So, I've seen the same thing with um with the Callaways and HSVs. Mm-hmm. seen documentation like that's not the proper documentation, but- just, Yeah, yeah. It's, but how do you prove it? I mean, yeah. it's very, very hard to prove. So that's why- for anyone out there looking to buy numbers matching stuff, um, that was that that is me, and that was a big stress for me. Was like I'm paying three four hundred grand for one of these cars. My stress was shit. Is this? I want it to be original, right? Yeah. I don't want it to be one of these one of these pe- you know people that have flipped it into something that it isn't. Go on forums, um, try to network with people, and and a, a lot of these older dudes are on these forums that that are a wealth of knowledge, and even just posting. Um, that, that's what I did before I bought my boss. I went on the Boss four twenty nine. I think it's no Boss three hundred two dot com. 
and I posted, I just put a fake, a fake username or whatever and I posted on there, I'm looking at buying this car. I put the KK number on there. I can't remember what the number is and posted on there and just said, go out of people, let me know. I'm interested yeah. in this car and, and, and good, bad, pro, negative. I want to hear it. Let me know. Does anyone know this car? And then a few people were like, yeah, I know that car. Uh, someone on this forum owned it 10 years ago. Let me see mm-hmm. if I can get in touch with him. And he emailed and said, "Yep, I know the car. It's all it's all legit. It's yeah. a great car, blah blah blah." And, and then I, I felt more comfortable about it, right? Um, of course, yeah. Whereas you know, if you go in blind, um, you know, there's a lot of people that have bought these cars and then but then they go to sell them five years later, and someone's like, "No, nah, that's not the original motor." And you're like, "What? What? What do you mean?" Yeah. There, there goes 200k of the value of the car, right? So, yeah, I really recommend people just, um, you know, everything's on the internet these days. Um, Good, bad, and ugly, but you can research a lot about it. And that goes with HSVs, FPVs, Corvettes, the Mustangs. Go on these forums. You've got fanatics on there that spend 20 hours a day on there talking cars. They love it. They'll answer a lot of your questions. I'll be happy to help. It is, it is interesting like that. I mean, I had um, a guy actually message me the other day. Um, he bought a VS Club Sport and he just goes, oh, he was told that um, that it was resto, that the resto was done by Phil King who worked at HSV. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, and I just kind of had a bit of a giggle to myself how these cars change hands and these stories, the stories. go along with it to try and, you know, it's an inflated story to inflate the value of the car. But I had to correct him and go, no, nah, well, look, man, the resto, fantastic. Know the car, knew the previous owners of that of that car. Um, and, you know, you and I know Phil's work and the best around, but just had to correct him and go, no, nah, well, he never worked at HSV. But, um, <laughs> Wealth of knowledge. He's worked on HSVs. Yeah, he worked on HSVs and we call it probably the best in the business when it comes to restoring HSVs. Um, but, um, yeah, it's uh, just funny, our stories. Yeah, exactly. Blow up. Do your research. All right, what else we got? Um, yeah, so a couple of EDX R8 sprints listed as well. So I really, really love these cars. Um, you know, only 356 were built and um, only 184 with the five speed, but a couple of autos they've got listed there. They're already at 25K a pop. But, um, you know, I guess it's a, one of those cars, I wouldn't call it an over, overly desirable car, but it's just a cool thing. So, um, yeah, just thought I'd just flag those ones for the four guys out there because um, just love the look of those cars. Um Another one, there was a red VT, uh, sorry, V2 GDS Coupe, only 70,000 K on the clock. That's sitting at 70,000. Coupes are a funny one at the moment because seeing some listed for some wanting high 100s for it. But then we saw um, we saw in the in the last um, auction where um, the yellow cars went, they had the Series 3 GDS Coupe go through that, only pull 140,000. So there's... And you got to think with them, um, only 21 of those made with the island suspension and everything. And you got guys asking more money um, for a more of the run of the mill coupe versus um, a rarer one like the Series 3. So it's just hard to really place where those sit. Black W427 with 2000 K on the clock already at 156. Now, this is the one, this has moved around numerous times, right? It has, this yeah. This has popped up a couple of fourth, times. The third, fourth, fifth time for sale in the last three or four years, I think. Yeah. Um, look, I did have a mate buy last week. He paid three, I think it was 320 or 325 for both. He bought a red W427 um, with only, I think it was like 1500 Ks or something on the clock. And also a VT2 GDS in red as well with 5,500 on the clock. So he bought those two as a package together. Um, so kind of think there as to where that really sits. Um, you know, what do you call that? Probably 200 for the W and 125 for the coupe or yeah, you know, roughly, roughly yeah. around that. See the split of it. But um, yeah, so I, I think you'd probably say that the W427s are around that 200K mark 
now. So yep. um, it's just, but yeah, that that is one we've always said it. I mean that in the that in the W one together in the, yeah. in the later stuff are the really ones to have. So yeah, and and two. the VT two as well is right up there. But um, another car sitting there is a VR walking show with fifteen thousand k on the clock. Um, yeah, one hundred seventy thousand. That's where yeah. I'm sitting at. So yeah, that'll that'll. That'll, push, that'll go massive. Yeah, that, that'll get that'll get to quarter of a million, way past quarter of a million, I think. Three, yeah, three, should maybe even hit threes with those kind of kilometres. Um, but yeah, they're they're hard to find with low kilometres these days. Oh, exactly. And, and look for anyone wanting to buy these walking chores, they are ones kilometres heavily manipulated. Don't get me wrong, I'm not calling out and saying that this car has been done like that. I'm just saying anyone wanting to buy one of these, you must go and inspect it or have someone who heavily knows these cars to go right over them because – Especially the, the big things for those are the gear, the gear stick, um, yeah, the just, knob, just wears steering the wheel, the steering yeah, wheel, and, and the, the seat bolsters a big one because they, yeah. they were just – they weren't a, they weren't a premium – <laughs> yeah, exactly. seat back in the day. So, so getting in and out of those, you can really tell if it's if it's heavily lopsided. They had a little bit of a bolster on them. Yeah, exactly. Heavily you can kind of see it to yeah. the yeah. They do heavily piss out to the right, so it has been um, done a few times. And then you can see as well, it is hard to match up a lot of the stitching on it because sometimes people will just do a bolster repair mm-hmm. compared to a whole seat cover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just got to heavily go over these, and then documentation as well. So is key for them if um. Don't care if someone's got low kilometres. If you don't have the documentation behind, I wouldn't even be touching it if you're hoping to have that as an investment. So um, next one, so onto Grays Online. So an interesting one here, and I've had this car sent to me through the um, Rogueberg's Facebook page nine times now. Um, so <laughs> getting a lot of love out there, but it's a rare uh, VL HCT wagon in Mulberry. Option with uh, HCT three-way sunroof and Momo star wheels, 160,000 Ks on the, on the clock, but that's already at 46,500. Yeah. Which um, it's, yeah, it does have the cool thing about it. I mean, I'm a big wagon fan, but um, it's kind of one to sit and park. I still wouldn't be throwing a lot of money at this thinking just because it is a rare car, you think, well, that's going to be a major investment piece. This is one you just want to buy for the cool factor. Um, yeah, but you it. also look at, I think, people, collectors that mm. – you know, our big fans and muscle car fans are probably priced out of any of the genuine VR walking shores, W four two seven. Yeah, so you kind of boss four two nines. Yeah, you need you need a minimum of six digits starting just yeah. to get your first bid in uh, for a lot of these cars, and and it's two three hundred four hundred thousand when it's all said and done. So there's a lot of people now. We've spoken about it with just your standard SS or club sport that they've boosted yeah. the market. That now stuff like this is probably becoming more valuable because people well, they, are like, yeah. you know what, I'm priced out. Oh, exactly. Well, that car was yeah. 40, 40K two years ago. I'd be happy to pay 60 because what yeah. am I getting for 60 right now? Exactly, yeah. So it might, it might go higher than we think and I think we'll see we'll see that in a lot of different cars and that's what you usually see is people that become frustrated and priced out of the, the stuff that we usually talk about week to, uh, month to month. Yeah. They then go to the, the next level down and then they boost that market up and then they have to go to the next level down and then you end up driving a Toyota yeah. Corolla. Oh, know? exactly, yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, I roll like that. I mean, I had a guy reach out to me um, a couple of months ago as well. He found a VT XU8, which is kind of the last run of the Aussie um, the Aussie motors for the HSVs, but um, he was just trying to justify his purchase to me instead of more, you know, he was asking for my advice but kind of, Went into a bit of a back and forth, him more justifying the purchase. Um, but don't get wrong, cool car. But at the time, that was a very nothing car. It was a full sticker pack, kind of like the Manta was at the time. But um, had its factor behind it that it was kind of the last run in those. But um, yeah, he found one, 37,000 Ks on the clock. Just, you know, but he was 
he was going to be buying it for like 55000 which I thought was absolutely nuts, but he ended up saying in the end he got it for 48000 which still to me is nuts, being that that is just a sticker pack last run. Low kilometres. Yeah, low kilometres. Yeah. And, and that was his justification behind it, going, you know what, um, low kilometres, very, very clean, tidy car. I want a HSV. I want to get myself into the market. This is the best one I can yep. find. And, and you're right, this is what's going to be the flow-on effect. This is what's going to happen. Snap up whatever you can get. Yeah, exactly. And, and look, you know, even the stuff that was mass produced, they're, they're not making them anymore. So, yeah. you know, like we've always said, don't don't buy it as an investment piece first. Yeah. Um, buy it because you like it. You know, like I wanted to get into the market, love HSVs. He's like, shit, I can't get these big banger cars, so I'm going to go next level down. Totally respect it. Yeah. If you make money along the way, great, but don't just don't buy it with your first priority as an investment, you know, because that's yeah, when it, you get hurt. And I think that's what's happening here is that, and that was his thing. He wasn't heavily into the car, didn't really like the look of it, but it's his way, you know. I guess the slogan, HSV, I just want one. Yep. And that's what's um, – Got one, yeah. No, you got one. Yeah. So, um, on to the next one. So – there's a white uh, XR8 Sprint um, manual with 141,000 on the clock um, at grey. So if we kind of look at the manual being the lower, the build numbers on them being 184 of them. Um, so, yeah, that's um, already at 35,700. So it's um, kind of interesting to see three, you know, you never really see them pop up at all, but then suddenly three um, XR8 it's Sprints. Usually how it goes. One, one person lists and then someone that owns one's like, oh, I might list mine and see what happens. Yeah. Exactly. So um, another cool thing is just, look, it's not a muscle car or anything, but I just thought it was a cool thing, was the Marty McFly tribute Hilux in the Back to the Future movie. So it's pretty damn cool-looking um, cool looking Hilux. That's already 18,800. So um, just thought that that was a pretty interesting listing. So. How about a business idea for people out there? Someone out there that can genuinely, to the best of their ability, inspect a car and give a thumbs up or thumbs down on kilometres. Mm. Yeah. So someone, like an actual reputable company starts and they back, if you pay them a fee, whatever it is, a couple of grand, they go and inspect it and they give you the thumbs up or thumbs down based on on how they inspect it. They have to be gurus in the area, obviously. You don't just want an RACV bloke showing up, someone that knows yeah. each car, so you have your experts, and you send them out and say, hey, there's a VR walking shore here with 15,000 kilometres. I want to know, to the best of your ability, go and, go and put a fine-tooth comb through this. Yeah. And then they obviously back it some some way that if they're wrong, they, they compensate you or vice versa. Yeah, there, versa. Are, um, there are companies out there for Ferraris that, that do that. So yeah. I just know that from, um, yeah, through mates around that have um, – Bought and sold over the time, but um, that'll be the next thing, man. Because yeah, you know, exactly. there's a lot of people like the amount of money these cars go on for. Like we said, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars. People yeah. will pay two, three, four grand to have that peace of mind of like, nah, I got the best, the best in the business. I got, I got like Justin Ellis, like HSV guru. Oh, you see it, like I mean, and that, and that's a hard thing. I mean, um, you know, I'm collecting for yours at the moment, the VS Senator two fifteen. That I could go out there and in under two minutes turn the kilometres off on that car, yeah. drive it home, plug it back in, wouldn't know the wiser. And that's a problem with a lot of them that I know that knowledge but then next guy buying one could go, you know, I could drive that thing around. Mm-hmm. I could clock up 50,000 Ks in that yeah. car and just plug it back in, wouldn't know the wiser. So, but it's, that's the thing, it's that Intel knowledge of knowing those cars inside and out and I know tricks with other ones as well. Yeah, the shitload. Yeah, it's, it's, it's happening all the time. There has yeah. been there has been some court cases now starting to pop up too. Um, a lot in America, actually. Yeah, like about that. people that have that have gone in and then that they go they go back to that word of mouth. They do their research after they bought the car. Yeah, find out that 
an owner three, you know, three owners back, and he's like, "No, nah, I had that when it was a yeah. hundred thousand kilometers on it, oh, exactly. and now it's sixty thousand. No, no oh, way." It's, and then, then you've got court case, but then then you've got yeah, you're still going in front of a judge. You have got lawyers, you got yeah. money. So I think there's definitely a market for someone out there to start some sort of business that has, you know, you, you have essentially um, subbies or freelance experts that yeah. are, you know, full time mechanics or they work on race cars, whatever they do, and then there's a side gig. Mm. They make a couple of grand just going to give give people that are spending big money because I'll pay it. I mean, if I knew, if I was spending this kind of money, three four $400,000 on, on any car. Yeah, you kind of have to do it as a bit of a weighted thing going, it's, well, this is all in the direction of being true and correct. Exactly, uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. And that, nothing's and 100% right. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but if, if someone said like, to the best of my knowledge, see where this, that, I know these cars. Yeah, grow, check forums or check this. I said like we're, you know, we're, we're 85% certain. You know, yeah. some might be closer to 100, but, yeah. you know, if you get it back and it's like, look, we're 50%, we're not, there's some things that bother yeah. us, we're not sure, then it's up to the buyer. Yeah. And, this is, and this is where it comes down to say buying something where there's only 100 HSVs produced or 200 versus 2,000, you know. So that's that's the thing. That's where I reckon that um, it's just – like that's the thing, we recognise that W427, know that one around, those kilometres, build number, you start going, okay, I've seen this floating around now, you kind of know, well, I saw that listed two years ago, same kilometres. You know? Yeah. So, and usually um, the people that get stung are people that are first-time buyers yeah, into, exactly. into the market, right? Yeah. Because, you know, you might have, like we always talk about, most people's passion in muscle cars come from their fathers or their family from growing up around cars. Then they kind of get, have a working life and then they hit 40, they, they get some money, they build up some wealth and then they're like, I want to buy that car I had as a kid, I'm just going to go buy it. Yep. But then after the, then they realise, oh shit, I didn't really know, you know, was this completely original? Are the Ks exactly, correct? And yeah. they get stung once or twice. I've been stung. Yeah. I mean, early on in the journey, I've been stung before yep. um, with certain cars and that's how you learn. So usually they're the people that they prey on, you know, these people. Exactly. So just, yeah. yeah, do your research and, um, you know, dot your I's, cross your T's. Oh, spot on. To our mate to LMCT Plus. Jeez, he's spending it. <laughs> Buying up, so not sure. Yeah, so not too sure everyone knows this, but um, Adrian Portelli and the team at LMCT Plus, they bought Xbox. So <laughs> for those who don't know Xbox, this was built with a purpose in mind to represent Australia in the quest for the Riddler Award at uh, the Detroit uh, Autorama. So insane car. So if you don't know it, do yourself a favour. Just Google Xbox. Plenty of pictures around. It is an absolute stunning, stunning coupe, stunning. And um, Adrian's bought it, so we'll see this, um, yeah, hit the uh, ruffles and things coming up for later on or he might hold on to it. Don't know. We're not just bought it. But um, 860,000. 860, so it was a funny thing with this car. Um, Oh, geez, that's (sighs) nice. Nice uh, Camaro doing a circle around outside. So He's about to smoke them up. Yeah, I was waiting for it. but uh, yeah, so with this car that was weird because it was a went for like four hundred thousand, but then apparently that there was um, some technical glitches when it was going through the auction thing. Then suddenly sold after for eight hundred and sixty. Not sure what was going on, but different numbers floating around when this was going through. But it was uh, purchased for eight hundred and sixty thousand. Um, I need to go and have a look at this car in a lot of detail. Have seen it um, from a distance, but not up close. So, Adrian, I will be coming out to your joint. And I want to glance right over this car because it is a. It's in the US, right? No, it, it's here. It's here, is it? Yep. Yeah. Why well, don't LMCT is doing? They did a deal with. Um, Sitting in his basement next to his Lambos. And yeah, but, but LMCT Plus have now done a deal with. Um, in the US, right? Yeah, they have actually. So they partnered with. Uh, yeah, it's kicked off over there now uh, with West Coast Customs. That's right. West so Coast they Customs. did a custom F one hundred and fifty or F two hundred and fifty something over there. They did a custom, 
um, LMCT Plus um, truck over there. Um, yeah, so it's um, that business is flourishing. Yeah, apartment in Queensland, no house in Queensland. Uh, house in Queensland, where surfers, yeah, so. team, teamed up with uh, with Troy Candy, yep. um, the eye candy team there. So it's, um, yeah, they're cornering it big time. So, oh, good on them. Yeah. All right, so, let's get on some news. What I flicked across you, this the BMW change colour car. So <laughs> don't know if you had the Matchbox cars back in the day, the ones you'd chuck in the water and change colours. That was the last time dabbling around with that and um, wearing the hypercolour T-shirts with pride back in those days too. But uh, this concept car is called the BMW iX Flow. So it uses electronic ink technology, uh, normally found in e-readers to transform the car's exterior into a variety of patterns of grey and white. So I saw this... Um, Saw this post up on Supercar Blondie. She was going around and doing the whole video of her. It was just absolutely blew my mind. So um, Scott Newman, I know you absolutely love uh, Supercar Blondie. So she's waving the flag there for BMW again with the concept cars. So, but um, this was incredible. I'm sure the bank robberies and things that'll take place later on. Um, <laughs> just push up a button, push right? Push a button, flick it from white to black, and take off, and you wouldn't know the wiser. Yep. Do a number plate change, and away you go. So it's um. Cool, cool thing if you haven't seen it, but uh, look at that. It's uh, the BMW iX Flow, so plenty of videos around on YouTube. Look it up. Yeah, really, really cool. Really, yeah. really cool. Shocking. Quite shocking, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, that's where we're going. Yeah, it's um, the other thing there was the 2024 Chevy Silverado EV pickup. So it was revealed in the US, um, General Motors, branded to enter the electric pickup market. So what, what do you think about what do you think about the Texans? Will they be run around these things? I mean, it's a. I mean, it's the way it's going. We speak about it all the time. It's the way it's going. Everything's going EV. It's just you know, the they you have to charge them somewhere. So you know, I mean, just been four hundred ninety five kilowatts and six hundred and forty four kilometers range. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and that's probably the one gri- one gripe people have had is yep. is the range and being able to you know at least in Australia, like yeah. if you're driving from Melbourne to Sydney or. You're going for a, you know, going camping out in the bush. It's like you're not taking an EV. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So that's yeah. the one gripe. And then you, you still, even with that range, you still need charging stations, more charging stations built. But that gives you a much better yeah. piece of security than 250 kilometers or and that's And that's my biggest thing. If I crunch a deal on one in Brisbane or something and I want to do a gauntlet run and drive it back home and <laughs> only stop at a few servers along the way, still can't make it yet. So yeah, exactly. Um, that's a. Yeah, but I must say it looks damn cool. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think that these are just getting better and better. So it's, um, I actually saw yesterday driving a look at um, look at some Navaras and things with the brother-in-law and I was going along Wellington Road and there was a Porsche Taycan just took off next to me and I just couldn't believe this thing. That's um, another car Andrew, Adrian Portelli's got and I want to take for a spin. But I was just blew my mind just how quick these things are. So it's um, – and – yeah, I just reckon that I'll be really waving the EV flag in a couple of years' time. Yeah. The way that's going. So, instant power. <laughs> that's it. Um, yeah, on to some bad news for those waiting for a new Corvette. So, um, General Motors were forced to scrap $10.5 million worth of Corvette stock after a tornado. And that was just updated just after a few days of confirming the first run of right hand drive Corvettes on their way to Australia. So, production has already been paused. <laughs> Pause and probably done. Yeah. Well, that's – and that's always going to be the hard thing. I mean, we're always wanting these cars to come out, but um, we're way, way, way down the list of um, if you look at the demand for these kind of cars. So, I mean, we just – the numbers that we can sell here that we just 
from what we're wanting versus a demand over there over in the states, we're never going to be a priority. And yeah, we cop it. We'll cop it. So now, yeah. you know, with this issue, where we'll be the the ones to cop it. So yeah. they'll be like, ah, yeah, we can we can just scratch off Australia and a few other small countries, New Zealand, a few others, yeah. and we're fine. So we, yeah. we we cop it, and we're seeing that as we've spoken about with the ship shortages with BMWs and went into Range Rover the other day just to kick some well, kick, kick tires. You couldn't even kick tires because they have no no cars in their showroom anymore. Yeah. Um, a lot of these dealers, they have, like it's it's crazy. You can't even oh. go look at the you can't even go and look at the new model coming out. You know, like, and it's because of chip shortages, because mm. of production shortages. Range Rover right now is quoting twelve months minimum for a new build. Yeah. Twelve months, yeah. And that's uh, I don't I don't even trust the twelve months. Oh, exactly. You put your name down, and then it's a thirteen. Oh, this the boat, the ship, the waves on the ocean, it's, coronavirus, and yeah. then eighteen. And by the time you've got it, it's probably a year old. Um, oh, exactly. And I had a friend that bought a, a, a Porsche uh, Cayenne, and same thing happened. It was they quoted her, I think, four months. Yeah. And I was like, "You kidding yourself?" I was like, "Oh, I don't say that." And I think like nine or ten months later, this was mm. a year ago, finally got it and just heavily delayed. Oh, we're sorry, this, that. And she had already sold her, her original car around that time, knowing that I'm getting my delivery this date, so I'm going to put yeah. my car up for sale. Then we're oh, stuck without a car and it's it's just crazy. It is. Yeah, but it's just how it's – just how um, dealerships are being at the moment. We went into Mitsubishi. We're looking at um, we're looking at Tritons after we're looking at Navaras and Rangers and things and – and it was funny that there's the new um, Outlander that came out and I was listening to this Indian guy trying to haggle and salesman's like, price is a price. He goes, you can get – there's 17 around at the moment. Majority of them have already spoken for. If you want this, you can secure this right now, but you're paying full sticker price. And he's like, come on, my friend, come on, my friend, trying to, trying to haggle and get it down further and the salesman just starts walking away. And it's just crazy like that now that just how – even when I was looking around, when I was looking at um, those key um, – the Kia GT for the missus, even around there that I was doing ring arounds that they're like, you know, how are you paying for this? I'll be doing a wire. Oh, okay, well then uh, they don't want my business because they want the personal come in, finance, finance. it, get in because they claim they'll make get, a couple hundred bucks in the car. They and they, down, yeah, exactly. Finance. That one, you know, what about window tint? No, I'll get a mate to do it. Okay, well then, no, I'm not buying this car. And it was literally, I was struggling. Car detail. I was ready to just buy and transfer straight away, just get me their fucking car. No. No. And I mean, three I put, dealerships took me away. Didn't want to deal with me. So for everyone out there, I, I'm in the I'm in a Raptor now. Um, could have done that as our breaking news at the start. Yeah, could have done that as our breaking news. <laughs> I finally, finally found one. Um, and I put a post out before I bought it just saying, geez, dealers aren't. Dealers aren't budging. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was, I found one in the Northern Territory of all places um, at a good price compared to, you know, where else the market was. I saved about, you know, ten odd k compared to what other dealers mm-hmm. were asking. Yeah. Um, and had called numerous different dealers and was was putting in offers and and nothing. And so I put a post out saying, "Geez, dealers, dealers aren't budging. Like this yeah. is crazy." And I got I got shit for that. There was a lot of I guess a lot of dealers that were probably on on social media on the day and a lot of people that are involved in, in flipping cars. Well, why wouldn't you pay full price? You go to a supermarket and you pay full price, or blah 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 blah. And I'm just like, well, that's all good and well. There still needs to be a bit of, you know, if if you're one of those people that goes in and just says, what's the asking price? Pay it. Yeah, you, you can do that. Yeah, but I think there's there's some fun in it about the thrill of the chase. Mm-hmm. But that was dead, downright like trying to go at me, like, oh yeah, you, you know, you should pay full price because dealers have been doing it tough. I'm like, yeah, but also dealers have fucked a lot of people for 30, 40 years. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it goes both ways, right? Yeah. So you know, and I'm not saying all dealers are like that. But there's a lot of car dealers out there that, I mean, you drive out of that door, the service stops, and 
you know, you, something goes wrong with a car and the warranty, oh, um, and the, all the excuses under the sun to fix things. Dealers do that too. So it does work both ways, but you're right. Like it has the shoes on the other foot now. The dealers have all the, the leverage because you just cannot get cars. It's like, do you yeah. want it now? Do, yeah, you want, exactly. do you want this car now? Yeah. Do you want to post it on your Instagram that you finally got that G-Wagon or that nice yeah. Land Rover? This is the one. You got you to pay overs mm-hmm. for it. Oh, yeah. Um, exactly. And it's- it's it's actually it's cringeworthy to an extent, and and then you know people were these dealers were kind of justifying, yeah, we should make overs on it because it's our turn to make some money, and it's like, well, what about a repeat customer? Like, where's yeah. that whole strategy of like, if you treat someone right, maybe give them five grand off mm-hmm. a car that's ninety grand, and, and treat them right, and give them a free detail and a free window tint, like back in the day, you know, that person's probably going to come back. He's probably going to trade that car in yeah. two, three years time. That's that's all gone out the window now. We're all about what can I stitch this bloke up for today? How much can I make? How oh, much exactly. can I make today? Yeah, I don't care if I get repeat business for the next twenty years, and that's just a, such a stupid mindset that I just—it's just mind-boggling. And that's that's the way we've gone um, here in Australia. It's become you know very. What can you do for me today? Rather than that, the smart people still are like, hey, like this guy's got cash. I look after him. Maybe I eat a little bit of a profit. Yeah, but. I know I'm going to get recurring business. He's going to tell friends. He's going to tell family. Mm-hmm. But they don't care about that anymore. It's kind of crazy. Oh, exactly. And and even um, you know, like my my work open corp that it's you know we pride ourselves on that. It's just all about trying to. It's all about that repeat and referral later on. That duplicating client, everything. It's you know, yeah, eat a bit up front, cop what you got to cop. Make sure you get the deal done just for that flow on effect. And um, we talk about that all the time that it's, you're right. It's, well, it's free. Been, it's, like you, it's yeah. not a quiet customer. Like people yeah. that don't that know data and AI, like mm. a lot of companies now factor in, like, what's it cost me to, to acquire a customer? Is it is it $60? Is it $100? Or well, someone that's already in your showroom or at Open Corp or in your shop buying a sandwich, whatever it yeah. is, that's a, you've already acquired, yeah, acquired exactly. them, right? Yeah. So trying to maintain them and keep them, you know, spend a little bit of time on it. Mm. You're not, Outlaying advertising costs and acquisition yeah. costs, they're going to come back, and then oh, and then word of mouth. Yeah, like if you treat them right, they're yeah. going to come back. Oh, exactly, like- and that sticks in my head all the time. That you know that, and I'll go back to it because must say it was the shittest experience at Waverley BMW when I had my M3. Turned up there, did you buy the car from here? Not, not interested. Didn't want to turn me away. Wanted to charge me stupid money just to look at a code for me. Yeah, and I'm thinking, all right, I'm treated like this. Yet you see you later on, buy. Bloody brand new X5 40i, buy a brand new M550i. That I, I could have bought off them yeah, because yeah. I, I would never touch it. Don't want to deal with them. And they, they could turn around and give me one five grand cheaper. I still wouldn't, out of principle, go there because of that. So yeah, and it was just, like where we're getting our BMWs from up there yeah. in, in the sunny coast. Yeah, and shout out to them. Yeah, Coastline, um, Coastline yep. BMW. They've looked after me on numerous cars mm-hmm. and yourself and bunch yeah. of a bunch of our network yeah, exactly. now. Look how all them. Yep, all going and they're, them. they're in they're in the sunshine coast of Queensland, and I've I've bought a few BMWs, and I had one down here in Melbourne. I actually got it serviced in Melbourne. Um, how long ago? About four months ago. Yeah, and the dealer came out and said, "Like, why did you buy this in in?" Yeah. In Sunshine Coast, said, mate, because they, they looked after me. Like, they, they wiped off almost yeah. 100K off this car for me because yeah. it was sitting on their showroom floor. And they're just like, you know, like, you know, we'll move it on for you. I'll just take it. And they gave me a huge discount on it. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, well, you should come to us next time. I'm like, mate, I came, I've come to you before. I've come to other dealers. Yeah. And, you know, you, there's, there's no real. You, I'm not, you're not treated like a customer. Like, these people treat me like a customer. They'll actually reach out to me and say, hey, we've got this one on our floor. Oh, exactly. Are you interested? Like we can yeah. give you a good deal on it if you want it. Are you looking? What are you looking for? Let us know. I've had family go and 
check out cars. Now, sometimes they have stuff on their floor that might not be the right color for someone or whatever, but they can give it to you at a, at a massive discount. You've got other dealers thinking, like, why did you buy it over there? Well, because they, they look yeah, after me. Exactly. Like, I have a good first-name basis relationship with them. They, they treat me like yeah. a customer. They're not trying to car sales me to death. I'm not trying to haggle them to death. We have a good relationship. and. Yeah. We work well together and it's just interesting. Oh, exactly. The, 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 the good dealers here yeah. realize like, shit, like how do we lose your business? Well, it's yeah. like, well, I'm going to go where is, I'm treated well. Yeah, and this is why, I mean, I'm going to be blunt here. Anyone wanting to buy a fucking car out there, one thing, I, one massive piece of advice, don't get caught up going, I've got to go to my local dealership or stick it nah. to or stick to Victoria. Like you see, Bogut now, you know, the, you got to see it that you still will push even the money, you know, your net worth, I'm well off as well. We'll still go. We don't care. We'll buy from Darwin. You've literally done it. You yeah, know, like yeah. if you save money and you get a good experience out of it, be smart. And this is the thing. This is where people get caught out. And going on to purchasing, if you're ever going to buy a car and you got a trade-in, never mention the trade-in up front. Crunch the price of the car first, then introduce a trade-in because I'll always puff it. They'll, where I say that is you look, they'll inflate the purchase price of the car to cover the cost, to give you extra in the trade-in than what you can negotiate up front. I do that all the time and then I'll introduce it after and do that. And a lot of the times I'm not a big fan of trading in a car in general. I'll go the effort of selling it privately, do whatever I'm going to do. But if you ever are in that situation, once again, negotiate the price and then introduce the trade-in. Yeah, and less, less is more. Um, yeah. Don't give them all the information. I mean, with yep. um, uh, one thing I do with dealers is negotiate a price especially if it's in the state, mm-hmm. and then get to a – I know they're going to come back with a counter. They come back with a counter. I'll go, yeah, I agree with the counter. Um, just throw in shipping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> throw, throw in an enclosed truck to get it to my door from Darwin. Yeah, do That's it. what I did in Darwin. Yeah. I mean, I found the car. We, you got we, that so quick too. Yeah, we went back and forth with, um, you know, with the number and got to, our, got to a number, and then I just at the end said, by the way, you're throwing on a truck for me for free if you want the sale. And Bang. Um, yeah, that that was amazing. Um, mm. It was a, a, a lady that worked for herself with a, just a trailer on the back of her car, like a long, I think a two-car trailer. Yeah. Got it door-to-door within five days from Darwin. It's outrageous. Insane. Outrageous. Unbelievable. So, yeah, yeah shout out to her. Awesome. Um, so, we are touching on crisis before with computer sh- chips, you know, I guess with um, trying to hold all them and pumping them all into, I guess, mean – there's no shortage if you want to buy an MG or a Great Wall or any Chinese manufactured vehicle. They're all around, but flow on to what is causing some issues and it is getting a bit sketchy for us here because we do rely on it, is AdBlue. So um, that's the anti-pollution agent putting in for diesel vehicles. But, have to um, have it legally. Yeah. yeah have to have it. Yeah. Exactly. So we are hitting a bit of a shortage here. So China um, is one of the largest producers of, of AdBlue um, and they are keeping it because they need it for a lot of the machinery and everything over there. So it's that, that's what's just really causing the issue right now. That so. and Australia, if you remember three or four months yeah. ago or, or six months ago now, said they wanted to further investigate the origins of COVID and China got mad at Australia, yeah. so it's becoming a bit of a pissing contest. Exactly. Um, they stopped buying our coal, if you remember correctly, on mass. Yep. They still eat some of it because yep. they're very coal dependent, but they, um, they've they stopped buying a, a bunch of our coal and now they've stopped sending us a bunch of ad blue, so it's yeah. a bit of a bit of a pissing trade war. Um, it also is used in, uh, I believe, there's a it's used as a pesticide in, in in crops as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so I think that might that might finally have Australians fire up a little bit because it can create a, a beer shortage, funnily enough, because the <laughs> yeast and whatnot. Yeah, so yeah. hopefully that happens because I think that'll wake Australians up. If you, <laughs> if you can fuck with the weekend sport, yeah, and the beer consumption, yeah, we might have some people finally seeing 
saying hey, hey, our government's probably they've overstepped the line a little bit. They're the two things that'll finally get Aussies <laughs> off off the couch and fired up. Very but, true. Um, yeah, the ad blue thing's interesting because, as we know, all 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 big big rig trucks, your Mac ten truck, your Mac your Mac trucks, yeah, logistically carrying the nation basically with food supplies. All the shit you order on Amazon, that's all going on big trucks. Oh, exactly. They're all run on diesel generally, right? So, well, let's see, man. Um, Mrs. Company cars are Ford Everest, and she was just getting, um, um, yeah, she was just getting emails sent to her just saying, you know, got to start watching the level at, be cautious, and so might have to put her into another kind of car after because of this. So, you can already see if it's starting to trickle through the government vehicles of being a concern. Yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens. Um, but Hopefully yeah. they can they can source enough. There were there were rumors late last year that would be out by January February, and I yeah. don't think that's the case anymore. I don't think we're that in that crisis mode. But yeah. there definitely is some talk, and it just it just goes to show you there's certain countries, you know, Arab Emirates and so so forth that own fuel and oil. You, you know, China has a monopoly on Ad Blue, so um, they can they can literally flick that switch and fuck with numerous countries and. Exactly. It just literally depletes a logistical chain of a country. If you can't, if you can't get food on supermarket shelves, if you can't get you know supplies out to the people, mm-hmm. that's probably a bigger issue than than a virus roaming around at some point because you can't yeah, exactly. literally can't get supplies. And we see it. We see it, we've seen it on a small extent with fucking toilet paper and and even now these rat tests. The people, the panic it's created just because yeah. people can't get a fucking rat test to tell them, <laughs> look, if you're sick, stay the fuck home. Yeah, exactly. Drink some tea. Drink some water. Get some cod rule, get some cold and flus, whatever you need to do. So you're saying I'm not supposed to so if I'm feeling a bit sick, I'm not supposed to drive around nineteen different pharmacies and things to try and find my rapid test. It's hilarious, isn't it? It's just, spread it's, the virus yeah. everywhere well, while I'm sick just man, to like try I was and find out in, if I'm in Queensland the other yeah. day. <laughs> they've closed a bunch of the PCR uh, testing. Same as here, uh, yeah. In Victoria and even in New South Wales, which is mind boggling itself because they've they've in, they've ingrained everyone, test, 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 test. Um Driving to the shops and I see this line of people outside. This is Queensland, so it's 30 degrees outside, sun's blazing. Yeah. There's a line literally that went from near the shopping centre um, to almost an off-ramp on a freeway around a roundabout. People lined up outside. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I thought it was a concert or some shit. The people yeah. were waiting for a PCR test. They had <laughs> they had tents shit. and um, camping chairs folded out waiting in line. And I'm yeah. like, if, if, you're, if you're literally sick and struggling – I'm pretty sure sitting in the sun for seven hours, God, <laughs> in the blazing hot sun in Queensland is probably yeah. not the best the best way to go about things. But just how, how much we've been actually something I had a giggle about right is um there's a drive through there's a drive through one just off um, Mountain Highway, right in Montana, and the lineup of cars is about two kilometers long. But it was an, it wasn't until you probably got to about 300 meters of the testing part there was, was a, sign. a sign saying closed. it's actually closed. <laughs> And I was thinking, Jesus Christ, all these poor bastards just lined up for ages, wouldn't even know. And a lot of it, look, a lot of it was people wanting to travel when Queensland had this shambolic fucking rule that you had to have a, a, a you know PCR test 72 hours prior entry to Queensland. Yeah. Now, you can, get your, you can get your test and then literally go from your test to fucking MCG with 100,000 people <laughs> and go to a dance party, go to a whorehouse, go do what you want, Not potentially like- pick something up in that 72 hours. But because yeah. 72 hours prior departure, hey, I'm, mm. I'm cleared into Queen. Like, it does make sense on its premise. Yeah. You're not allowed to dance here anymore. Not allowed to dance. Yeah, that's a big one, right? <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just it's just crazy. I just can't believe, yeah. you know, um, if you're sick, my advice is stay home till you feel better. You don't have to have that test to tell you you're sick. If you do need it, 
you know, because you don't want to affect your family and whatnot. Yeah, to be honest, if you've got the flu, regardless if it's COVID or not, you probably shouldn't be, yeah, you got um, be kissing it. your family. So, yeah. time will tell. Well, Shui's on the other foot. I might be a bit of a hypocrite here, but I'm, I'm selling a few cars, Justin, <laughs> just quietly online. Yeah. And I, dealers calling me is doing my head in. It is doing my head in. I'm getting brokers and dealers calling more often yeah. than not. Dutton's have got about seven different dealers. Oh my seven god! Different names. They'll ring you five times a day. Dutton's are cheeky now. They get. They get. They get um, the, I've noticed they've they've had females calling now. Yeah. They don't know. Okay. But they, they try to make it a bit more. You know, kind of. Soften you up a little bit more, you know, that, that nice female voice. Hey, I'm calling about your car. But I've put a note in my ad. If you're yeah. a dealer or a broker, I don't want to deal with you because they've all, it's funny that they have a program, obviously, yeah. where they know the value of second-hand cars. They, they all must have the same fucking program because yeah. they all offer to a fucking cent the same lowball offer for every <laughs> for both cars I've got listed, yeah. right? So I'm just like, I just got over it. So I decided to edit the ad and I said, if you're a dealer or a broker, don't even bother. Yeah. They still call. They still fucking call. They call. And I can just tell as soon as they call, I'm like, my first question is, are you, are you a dealer or a private buyer? Oh, well, you know, I'm from, not interested, hang up. Yeah. I had one bloke call the other day. But they're always buying for their cousin or a friend mm. or something like that. So they're, yeah. never, they're, they're never buying it to on sell. It's- no, it's for themselves. Yeah, it's for well, I had one. Yeah. I had a bloke the other day call. <laughs> I was getting off the plane and he goes, so are you a dealer or a private buyer? Oh, I'm a dealer, but I'm buying this for my wife and give me that horse spiel. Yeah, yeah whatever, whatever. Always, yeah. Then I had another another bloke. It was a broker call and he's like, oh, I'm calling. I said, are you, are you a broker or a dealer or a private buyer? I'm a broker. I said, I'm not interested. He goes, what? So you don't want to sell your car? I said, man, I already know you. And I, I know what number you're starting at. You're way off. Yeah. Don't bother. Uh, mind you, my, my car's priced as one of the as probably the cheapest in Australia with the kilometers. So yep. I'm already I'm already in the low end of the market because I want to move it. So I'm like I'm just not taking this. But yeah, a little bit of hypocritical, I guess, for me to say that. But I just can't be bothered dealing with it. Like I'd rather sell oh, it exactly. to someone that's going to like the car, and I don't have to sell it. That's a thing. I'm not in a rush. But the the, the dealer calls you get, man, and now the auction houses call you too. Um, yeah. So if you've got a if you've got a, a BMW or a Mercedes or a luxury car. The auction houses will call you and be like, yeah, hey, actually, would you be interested I, putting it into I the auction? I the auctions? same thing when, yeah. I, when I listed the X5, um, same thing. Oh, we've got a luxury car auction coming up and pushing the same thing. Yeah, and you know, the 10% you charge on me, I'm, I'm basically losing straight away off the mark. Yeah. So. But that's the thing, but even going back to how I was saying about how car sales needs a bit of screening process because um, I'm sure you're getting the, um, oh. the offers through their message system. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I had a running with a bloke already. I, I, you know, he was, I mean- I'm I'm all good with a respectable low offer. Yeah. But someone that's just been a, a dickhead, like that's yeah. that's wiping 30, 40% off. Oh, it's the thing, man. I had one taking 55 grand off on this price. <laughs> an Indian guy. And I abused him and then I got a warning. Yeah. Come on. So then I've, 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 I've started messing with these people. I've got some numbers lined up. Um, I had a had a comedy club um, yeah. <laughs> phone number that I sent to, to one bloke and said, you know, yeah, yeah, give me a call and get an address to the comedy club. This is where the inspection will be. And then he figured out it was a comedy club. So yeah. I said, man, that's that's for you being a comedian, <laughs> mate. Like, just why even waste time? Like, exactly. you know what I mean? Like, I, I, get, I get you want to get a lower price and, and I, I do the same thing, but I'm still respectable or respectful with my offers. Like, yeah. you're usually within 10, 15%. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, to go to come down 50, 60% sometimes, it's just yeah. a pain in the ass. But uh, story for another day. Q&As, let's go. Yep. So, um, okay, on to one from Clay here. So interesting to hear you guys talk about Ranger Raptors last episode. Do you think the current Raptor will be a collectible car one day? Um, I don't think so. Uh, what are the numbers? Do you know? Jeez, I wouldn't even know how many you made. But look, I mean, if you kind of look at it, go, it's not 
just an Australian built vehicle. I mean, they're massive in the Philippines, Thailand, everything like that. Mm. You've got to, you've got to have a look at where these cars are going to, even over to the UK. That I look at it in that sense, go that it's a globally produced vehicle. Yeah, I get it. I mean, the, and, and I'll be honest, that let's just say I go to a car show or something and I drive my Raptor or I go drive the FPV, the Raptor gets more attention from the younger kids. They lose their mind. You know what I mean? It's, it is that poster boy kind of car because there's no Maloos or FPV mm. utes and things around now. So you kind of have a look that your tradie dad or something like that is driving one of those for being a cool kid, big cool factor. But I think that's going to be a big Desirable cool factor car later on. It'll always be there, but would it be one that you go and store for the weekend? Nah, probably not. But it'd be well, just not those. not a big banger motor. No, it's not, um, there's nothing. Yeah, there, there, the there used to be a cooler version of a tradies car that you can chuck shit in the back. You got a bit more coin, so you can. It looks yeah. a bit better than than your standard Ranger. Or yeah, I exactly. Like. Whereas if you got a Malou GDSR or GDS or something like that's a cool mm. thing. Yeah, it's a big banger motor. It's a cool. Because they don't release numbers with those, right? We don't, we don't know how many are made. No, it'd be thousands of them. Yeah, it'd be so, beyond thousands. There'd be yeah. thousands a year. In yeah, each model, exactly, right? yeah. Yeah, so probably not Yeah, probably not a collector clay, but, I mean, look, if in 10, 15 years someone has one under 10,000 Ks, you, oh, might, yeah. you might you might get lucky, but do you, do you then factor in storing it for 10, 15 years, um, the insurance mm-hmm. on it, the maintenance on it, you're better off just driving it. I think it's a car that you drive and enjoy, use yeah, it every exactly. day and, and get, on with, get on with life. Bang on. Um, on to the next one here from Brett. So I've noticed that some big dollar HSVs are sitting on car sales. Do you think it's finally cooling off? Um, oh, look, Brett, I mean, we kind of touched on it at the start. Always happens this time of the year. Uh, mindset shifts, like I said, instead of buying a HSV, I might go buy a boat or some jet skis or something. Um, and then also as well, I think just being out and about, like, you know, it always happens through summer. You know, it's, um, you know, some are out cruising and things, but others are out enjoying going away camping and doing other family um, events. So, but I guess going one step further again, the ones sitting there, if you look at your W1s that are still, you know, 600,000, they're going to sit there for a long period of time. So oh, yeah. it's, um, yeah, that that's really one thing to really think about going, asking and getting that cars are changing hands in the background, cars are changing hands for decent dollars in the background. But I'm starting to see that um, the Dreamers who have their W1s at 600000 are going to sit there for a long period of time. The other end of the scale, you guys with their club sports and things with high kilometres asking crazy money. Like I saw the other day, there's a VT2 um, with 180-something thousand Ks on clock, rebuilt motor and everything, got listed for 80 grand. Like, fucking come on, mate. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> that – just because you spend a bit of money on it doesn't mean you're going to get that in return, and it's yeah, still be, high. Be listed for a while. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So we could get, probably better, back we'll to better answer that probably in I reckon March. Yeah, April. exactly. We'll really know where the market's at yep. around then. People start making money again. They're back to work in January, February. Yep. Spending around Easter time on those holidays, people jump on the mm-hmm. computer and see what's available. You really know then um, the answer to that. But yeah, and as well, I mean, um, it'll be good. Be good to see, you know, what happens after a couple of rate rises as well. If you see some guys just start quenching a bit, going, holy shit, um, what's going to happen here? Is this going to start affecting because people can't pull money out of it? And the coronavirus, endless well of money the government's throwing out. Exactly. Um, Like we said earlier to start the show, once that dries up, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see because to get finance right now is is mission impossible. You need to be Tom Cruise. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very hard. And Mm -hmm. you you mentioned earlier um, offline that, 
Thanks for asking up to 50% down at times. Yeah, exactly, you know, yeah. So, yeah, um, lending right now is 50% mm, down. Yeah, so, so good luck yeah. Good luck getting a cash draw to buy that special car or jet ski or boat. Yeah. Uh, on top of that, they're not gonna, you're not going to get it. So once you see that for, you know, probably a year or two of those kind of restriction, restrictive uh, borrowing guidelines, that's when I think you'll start to see the market really – we'll really figure out where the market's at. But on the flip side, arguing against myself – They've only made so many of these cars. There's only so many that you can get in mint condition. Exactly. Do they drop? Mm. Um, on to the next one here. So, Justin, you said that the VT2 GDS with your pick last episode, surely the VT220i GDS is a better pick. Keen to know your thoughts. Brad. Um, oh, look, I mean, this is always a debate that comes up. The 220i was the last of the Aussie motors, but then um, you look at the when the Callaway GDS came out, you know, the big banger 300 at the time was a W427 of its time. You know, you've got to look at it um, less produced in the VT2 GDS. And like I said, it was, uh, you've got to go back to actually being at the time when that first came out. So, Brad, yeah, the VT, V2220i was holy crap because, you know, it was five kilowatts up on the 215 GDS at the time. But then when you had a look, when the SV99 came out, was a 250 kilowatt, was the first of the LS1s, and then the club sport having um, 250. Going from seeing the 220 badge, then a 250 badge was holy fuck, you know, like look at this jump up, you know. Then the torque is just such a good feeling car driving one of those 250s compared to the 220. And then bang, Sydney Motor Show comes out, the VT2 GDS was stunning. Black with the black and red interior sitting there on the shadow chrome um, wheels, which was the SV99 wheels and the shadow chrome, but then 300 kilowatt made by Callaway over in the States with the Callaway cam and heads and everything like that, the C4B heads. That was a big holy fuck car. So I'll take that every day, day in, day out over the VT220 just because of the impact of that car. It's the W427. It was a W1 of its time. And you can't separate that. The cool interior, less of a made, massive impact car, manual only. Mate, it was the king. And it's not to say the 220i is not a bad Yeah, very cool car. Not a bad very car. Very cool yeah. car, yeah. but that's that's just my personal pick over it. And I just think that Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. Um, it's all about scarcity and how many made as well and, yeah. and the uniqueness of the VT two probably uh-huh. outweighs two twenty I. Yeah. Bang on. On to one from Chris here. So I had a few mates flipping new Hiluxes, et cetera, due to the lack of new cars in the country. What are your thoughts on this? Will those paying overs get caught out later or will this reset the um, the used car market? That's actually a good question, Chris. Um, Someone's going to eventually get stuck holding the bag. We will. I mean, it's a matter it, of just when. I always look at a falling market. So whenever I look at it, always go purchase price of the car, look at the interest over a five-year period, 50% of that, chuck that on top of the purchase price because that tends to be your falling market. You know? So those paying overs right now, I mean, that I was actually chatting to a guy the other day that um, he bought a new Prado and literally had it coming through two weeks off the car arriving, got offered 20 grand more from the dealer just to move it right mm. there and then on the, on the spot. So these things do happen. Seeing it with, um, you know, I guess us looking at our um, Ranger Raptors and things at the time, I could probably flip mine now and make five to ten grand on top of it. Yeah, you know? so he's going get them. Yeah, you can't get them. This is what happens, but um, the same thing's going to happen with people that have ordered. So going back to my Range Rover, twelve month wait. Mm. So once those first run of Range Rovers land, yeah, people are going to be getting offers for those. So so say you've ordered one, you get it twelve months later, cost you 
300 grand, 200 grand, let's say 300 grand. The dealer's going to knock on your door and say, I've got someone that'll give you 400 for it or 350 yeah, for it. Exactly. Because yeah. someone's going to FOMO. They're going to, I want it now. Yeah. Someone that's actually waited. And that, that's what we're going to see happening as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, someone's going to, eventually the market's going to correct where there's enough coming back in. The supply chains have got back to normal and there's going to be a few poor bastards that are still playing this game that get yeah. caught holding, oh, that, exactly. holding that car that are probably going to have to sell it for what they paid or even less. And that's just mm. the reality of, yeah. of the market. Like the, it's all about timing. And it's 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 a form of gambling to an extent. This is oh, a form is, of yeah. gambling. So if you take those risks and you're making money now, but yeah, the dealers, the dealers are gonna are gonna start having people come to them that, on landed cars for customers that have already paid for them, mm-hmm. and people can make a quick flip, but they might not want to do it. You know, most yeah. people in that market. Oh, help. exactly. And and that's thing from a few of my mates are waiting for their new Hiluxes and things to arrive, and they got them, and yeah, they can get more money, but they still don't want to. Um, but what else are you getting? That's yeah, a thing. So exactly. Like, at, the, at the moment, that's where it's cornered. But the issue is once this computer chip shortage is shorted, is, is sorted out, and then these um, cars start coming back into the country, and then the dealerships have got a, you know, it's all about supply and demand. You know, at the moment, the demand's outweighing the supply due to the issues. But once um, once it goes the other way around, it's the same as the property market. It's yeah. all these, you know, my family and friends sometimes say, oh, our house got valued at, um, you know, we, we paid 900 or a million, mm-hmm. it's worth 1.6. You know, we made one point six. We made seven hundred yeah. grand. I said, okay. So sell your house today. What are you buying with that one point six? Exactly. I said, jump online, go and have a look what you can get. Yep. You're probably moving out of your area to an area that's probably not as good as your area. Exactly. Yeah. Because the value of the money's gone. So don't always look at what what your value is of your house or your car. Yeah. Look at how you're going to get back in the market. And I think that's what we're seeing with some people. That yeah, you can flip. You can flip your Raptor right now. But then what are you getting? Yeah. Exactly. What am I going to get? Well, <laughs> exactly. I said. I said the same thing with the X5. Going well. Um. I got mine for a damn good, damn good amount. Made some money on it, and then. But the thing is that Mrs. goes, oh, I actually wouldn't mind another one. Well, if I sold that, when to put her into another one, I'm already going to be paying thirty five grand more exactly. than what I pay for my yeah, one. So exactly. it's like, well, what's the point? Yeah, what's yeah. the point? So, um, yeah. So I guess it's one of those things, Chris. Yeah. Well, some will get caught because, um, yeah. Obviously, if you paid crazy amounts over, just trying to be this FOMO or just trying to be. Um, what happens this time, people go back to their holiday houses where they're towing their big Malibus and things and want to try and show off and have the newest, greatest thing. Mm-hmm. That's what happens this where people get caught out. They're going to pay 20, 30 grand over and I think they'll have a massive hit later on. So I'd hope, hopes, I would guess six months you've got less playing this game, if I had to guess. Yep. I think hopefully yep. being optimistic with everything going on in the world, things should start get back to some normality logistically. Yeah. Supply chains and chips by mid to late year. Mm-hmm. So I reckon people playing this game, if I was to predict it, what would you predict it? I'm going to say, I'm going to say six months roughly. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I yep. And then and then after that time, no, nah, we could be wrong. We could be, you know, in, in the pandemic till 2030 by the way things are going, especially here in Australia. Yeah. So we'll, we'll watch that space and we'll revert back in six months and see where we're at. That's it. Um, one here from Steve. What's going on with the car scene? Not sure if you lads went to Summonats, but it was a snooze fest. Um, felt left out because I didn't have a mullet. Juzzy, I know you like the Nats. Has it officially died? Um, oh, look, I mean, it's if you, you know, there's a bunch of restrictions though, as well, right? For capacity limit and all that, wasn't there? Oh, uh, to be honest, I didn't look right into it with all I'm that. Pretty but sure. I, mean, I think that hindered a lot of people. Yeah. Then, then you've got hotels, motels, yeah. restriction limits, signing in, fax pass, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. I think people were it's just always, like, fuck it, we're just not going to go. Yeah, but it's look, I mean, from I, I can only go my opinion, and you know, having a couple of mates actually attended but going through photos, that I do agree in a way, Steve, that it is. 
a snooze fest in the quality of cars that I saw. I mean, going through photos, I didn't even have one. I didn't even see one car. I was like, holy shit. Everything's rolling around on bloody Simmons. Everything's rolling around on Momo Stars. And it's just the issue with it is if you build a fucking car, try and put some thought and effort in. Don't just build it the same way another guy's done or you've seen a colour, you know. Like when we built King Jam at the time, um, just tried to be as different as possible in ways. And that's why that was an impact colour that, you know, that just stood out. Everyone, you know, when Phil showed us samples of that colour, he was going to paint it. Everyone was like, holy fuck, you guys are nuts because it was so out there, it was so different. Mm. But that's that's one thing I like if I ever go to a car event. And I'll, I'll be honest that I get more impressed these days going to like highball coffee and cars compared to some nuts because I see shit turn up there that I'm like, holy crap, this is cool, it's different. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing with some nuts. I just think that the same cars reattending all the time or the same cars rolling around, the walkie wheels, Momo wheels, Simmons, whatever – Every fucking car looks the same, just a slight different colour or something like that that just goes on or a different touch. Actually, not even down to colours, just more a different touch, but it's just not enough to be an impact. And I think it's always going to be a Bogan Fest, mullets, the Jack Daniel slushies, all the shit, but that's what kind of that, – that's something. <laughs> that's a culture, you know, that, yeah. That's a culture. That's what it is. But I just Flanos, think that um, – singlets. Yeah, I, I just think that it's just got to be a point that – I think more builders need to go there. People need to get away from their wraps and everything like that and get actually back to the core build, core part of building a car and putting some effort and energy into it to have a point of difference. But that's just my, my opinion. Yeah, I think the, I'm more cars and coffee than a big event. Yeah. I just always have been. I'd, yeah. I'd rather go to a smaller car meet or just a, a meet at a restaurant or a cafe and then a bit of a cruise. I'm, I'm more yeah. all about that rather yeah. than you know the, the big car meets. It's a lot of effort. It's two or three days usually going up there, driving back. Yeah. I just, I'm not, I, I don't enjoy that as much. I'm more of an in and out type guy. And that's with yeah. everything. That's with like sporting events, whatever. I like to get in, get out. That's yeah. it. I'm good. I don't, I don't want to experience the whole fucking weekend. Oh, exactly. Like, I, I must say that when I took King Jam to Summon Ats, it was actually more stressful because the thing is, it goes, um, your car gets judged over a fair few, over a fair few days. So, and you want to cruise around and enjoy it, but then you're also scared to do it because you go, um, you go around, you've got a lot of these guys coming out, they've cornered your car and, you know, you, they're putting their hands all over the car and mm. going, fucking do a burnout, mate, fucking yeah. go on, get up and fucking get up and, mate, getting all this shit going on. And it actually stresses you out being a car owner because you're there for a purpose and you're actually moving through the ranks of getting somewhere. You're actually, you know, I was heading to the point of winning trophies for that car and I was stressed because going, yeah, I want to enjoy it, but then I'm scared of my car getting fucking trashed because you got these guys here, they're boozed up, they're yeah, out having know. fun, that's happening. And Kid, that takes kids around. Yeah, that know. takes the fun factor mm. out of it. So you can't really go look at other it's not like you're really. Yeah, exactly. It's not event. like you can park your car and go away because you're scared of people putting their fucking mm. whole hands over their car. So that's where it gets a bit hard in these kind of events, and that's where they need to really get controlled more. But it's um it is yeah, what it is. It is what it is. So yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, yeah, I'd much rather go to a local show and see a few cars. And you usually see those big banger cars that you don't really see very often. They don't want – look, they don't they want attention, but they don't want someone else's attention. Yeah, exactly. They want people to see their car, talk to other like-minded owners that have similar yeah. cars or different different builds, different years, even different brands, have a bit of a chat, have a coffee or a kebab or a burger, whatever you're doing, um, enjoy it and then drive home and they've got their car out. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. that don't want to – they don't want that extra added attention of being around like you smoke them up, mate. Oh, yeah, exactly. Or someone scratches your car and dealing with all that bullshit. So I get it. I'm one of those guys. And I guess it'd be interesting to see, you know, even with the way the world's going, if a summer nats is around in 2030 with 
you know, probably burning tires will be fully illegal even in a controlled environment because of the pollution, you know. So who knows yeah. if they're even, even around at that point, you know. So. Yeah, exactly. Unless there's a, a blue additive to inject into your tires before you smoke <laughs> them up to make it clean air. E-tires e or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, so onto one ears. I mean, onto our story time really got me thinking, right? So I've been doing a few renos to my house and I ordered some, um, ordered some uh, race deck flooring. So... With this here, it just really got me thinking because when I've done it, that um, guy came out, dropped them off, and realised, going, shit, I knew this guy from highway racing 10 plus years ago, had an FPV ute. It just really got me thinking about the strength of the car scene. So I think we all get caught up in how much money we make on a car or how much we lose on a car. But I think over time, from being involved in the scene for so long, you know, we became friends through cars and, you know, Look at my mate Phil, met at a car show along the way, mate Jason through, you know, LS1 Power Performance, that the connection you make over time, and it really got me thinking going, when I bought and sold houses over the time, you know, and I've needed tradies, it's if I need a concrete, if I need a spark or something like that, connection through the car scene, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think this is where we forget about it, that we can make money or lose money in a car, but I think that we can also make up money throughout through connections later on, having trustworthy tradespeople you met through cars, you know, that they'll come out and do a cashier, whatever you need to do, or just kind of help you out, give you a chop out here and there. If we need a car inspected interstate, I don't call upon inspection companies. A lot of times trusted mates I'll, I'll send out to look at cars. And and I think this is a whole thing. The car seems so much bigger than just the transaction of a car or, you know, what you're making or breaking on a car. So, Always really think about that in general, that the long-term trust and friendships and connections that we make over over time, I think really gets forgotten about. You know, it is a car culture because of that. You know, so, and I'm sure you would have had it as well. So, and, and, and it's not just a car scene, it's sporting clubs, it's other things you make throughout that always think about it, that you might lose money on a car, but you've made friendships and everything along the way that are just going to help you out later on. And, and I think that just really gets forgotten about and that's, one thing in doing renovations of the electrician I use, no through cars. You know, painting that I use, no through cars. You know, so the flooring, met through cars. Yeah, most so, car people are in some sort of trade or labour. Yeah, you know, they're, exactly. They're, they're, not, they're not generally not sitting behind a, a computer yeah. uh, for the most part, right, that are, that are heavily involved in car scenes. Yeah. So, and that was, you know, the connections my dad had um, growing up in the industry and in the scene was there's always someone he knew to do something. Um, or vice versa. So, um, yeah, definitely I think the connections are important and it also helps, as we discussed earlier, is you can quickly figure out who the who the shitheads are in certain trades or oh, industries, exactly. who the shitheads are in, you know, car flippers and guys that, that flip as well. You, you get, you get some, um, some, pretty, some, some pretty sketchy people doing, mm. you know, like we said, winding kilometres back. You, you find that stuff out very, very quickly, especially through like different Facebook groups and different forums. So it's always, it's always good to be involved and then – Yes, that's how you reap the rewards of of being involved in a car scene. It's it's you have that same passion, so you instantly bond as a human being, and then yeah, um, they they might you know just just from being human, they'll they'll give you a discount or they'll help you oh, out exactly. or just not screw you over. Where you know there are some trades out there that will charge top dollar for things or overcharge, but now because they know you, they might you know yeah bend a little bit for you and help you out and give you some free advice, which is always good, and then you. Obviously, reciprocate that. That you know, you might have a friend that comes and wants to get involved in investment properties or just yeah, well, that, corp, ex- so exactly right. You return yeah. the favor. So, right on. 
cool, man. Episode 11. It's all through the car scene. So, yeah. Episode 11 in the books. Appreciate everyone following. Hopefully, um, you got something out of this and we will um, – I'm just going to put a call out. For people that are asking questions, let me know if you um, would want to jump on the call-in app at one point and – ask your question live and have a bit of a chat. Um, I've been using the calling app with the basketball podcast. It's been pretty good. People can actually just jump on. You download the app. You register a profile, much like an Instagram or a Twitter account with a photo and whatever, and then you can literally um, jump online with us. So say we have it at 11 o'clock on this day. You jump online, you ask your question, we can go back and forth, and then your voice actually gets on the pod as well. So let me know if um, any of our listeners to the car chat would be interested in jumping on doing that um, because we can do it that way as well rather than – Justin and I having our boring old voices uh, read the questions out. We can kind of make it a bit more unique. So, listeners, let us know if you want yeah. to do that. Or even um, be even be interested in some unique car stories as well. So, it'd be good to get some of those happening too for some yeah. story time. So yeah, talk about what car well. you owned, um, yeah. different events you've been to, whatever. And, yeah, let us know in the comments, um, specifically on the Rogue Bogues car chat. Um, Facebook page is probably the best one, but any other ones on social media, at Rogue Bogues, um, on Instagram, Facebook. Um, and then, yeah, just let us know if you'd be interested in in perhaps jumping on. If not, we can keep continue to read them and you'll hear our boring voices, but it's just something that we can kind of do uniquely with, with the technology that's available to us. Spot on. Thanks, right. guys. Catch us.